You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Myself, Mamutsi, alongside me as always, the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing, my brother? Hello, well, just preparing for free agency. Yes, sir. Real name, no gimmicks. You know the routine, you know the deal. The rumors are swelling, the rumors are swelling, but before the rumors, we have a trade that happened today. Okay. The Atlanta Hawks traded John Collins to the Utah Jazz in exchange for Rudy Gay and a second round pick. They dumped John Collins' salary in Utah. Now, I think John Collins is a good player. I think he can be very valuable to a team. I think he might even show his value in Utah. Look at what Laurie Markinen did last season. It's crazy to me that this new collective bargaining agreement has just got teams, which I think you're going to start to see more of, that maybe players that are slightly overpaid just a little bit in terms of in comparison to the rest of the league being shipped out because teams don't want to have to deal with their money later down the line. What were your thoughts on this trade? You know, Mo, every time there's a new collect new collective bargaining agreement, there are rules put in place, and then owners, executives, they make the decision whether to get their books, get their salaries in order to take advantage of the new rules, or they try to maintain and maybe try to win. Meaning, you know, you just pay the luxury tax. Now you have an apron and then you have a second apron. And what that means is, you know, there's just more money to be paid out if you exceed the luxury tax. So you could see teams now like the Atlanta Hawks, they made a decision, a conscious decision to say, we are going to get our books in order to take advantage of this new collective bargaining agreement, right? Which the collective bargaining agreement says, you know, you want to be in a certain uh, under the salary cap, under the, you know, you don't want to pay the luxury tax, so forth and so on, without going into too much detail about it. And that's what you're saying. So just think about this. Well, just a year ago, we were saying, did Minnesota give too much to get Rudy Gobert? And all of a sudden now you're seeing two players with substantial contracts, Bradley Beal, and then you're seeing this kid Collins, and you're basically dumping a salary. So well, it is what it is. It's just, a, it's just, you know, it's not, not not right or wrong. It's just, you know, this is what it is. And, and now you're seeing the executives now beginning to take advantage of that to get themselves in position to have the cap flexibility, as they like to call it, to get themselves ready. Well, um, shout out to Ahmed Wali, who tagged me in a tweet. And he says, BJ Armstrong has seen this lineup and smiling because Kevin O'Connor tweeted, I need to see this Utah Jazz lineup this season. Walker Kessler, John Collins, Kelly Olenek, Taylor Hendricks, and Laurie Markkinen. BJ, every week now, we get closer yeah. and closer to your dream of the seven-foot yeah, lineup. Seven foot. I, 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 How do you it, like this it, for Utah? John Collins and his fit there alongside I, I, Laurie Markkinen and I, I, Kessler Walker. I love it. I think this is a great trade by Danny Ainge. Because the, the whole objective when you're going through the process, right? When I say the process, whether you're going through the draft, you're always trying to improve your th- you're always trying to improve your team through the draft, through free agency, free agency, through trades, and of course, players get better from within. I think Danny Ainge and company did a phenomenal job identifying a player. I think 
this Collins kid is a really good basketball player. I think he complements what Laurie marketing and what they're doing out there. And I like what they're doing. I, I really like what they're doing. And more importantly, he's already under contract. So I think this was a terrific move by them. I love what they did in the draft. The kid, I told you the kid from yep. Yep. Taylor the, Hendricks. The Hendricks. I, I like that kid. Um, I, I thought he was going, I think he could be one of the players we could be talking about. So again, Danny Ainge and I, we kind of have a, a similar way of looking at it and mm-hmm. he's executing, you know, I'm talking mm-hmm. about it, but he's executing it. Shout out to so Danny. again, shout out to Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz. I think they've done themselves well. I'm excited to see them over summer league. And more importantly, I think they should really, you know, be looking forward to the season because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, they got themselves a pretty nice little nucleus going out there. They have some, a really nice team a nice young core of, of really good players, Lloyd marketing, leading the charge. So things look bright there in Utah. Do you see Collins as a piece who's going to be in Utah long-term? As you said, his money is guaranteed for a number of years. Um, I believe it's 78 million over the next three seasons because my initial reaction was John Collins is going to go there, look really good. And then Danny Ainge can move him at a trade deadline or next off season for a team that will be wanting a power forward with his skill set. You know what? What I like about him is uh, is the following. He has, like you said, three years left on his deal. And, you know, maybe this changes in the future. I don't think Utah is a free agent destination. That's why I really like the deal. They have a really good player, a really young player who fits in their timeline. And he's a versatile player, especially on the defensive end. You know, they, they, they say he's a power forward, but I just think he's some type of Six nine, six ten type of athlete who will complement what they're what they're trying to do out there. So, I think this is a great pickup for them. I think this is their free agent move, and he's a really good player. So, you know, again, you know, I think I like what Utah's doing right now. I, I'm really excited about mm-hmm. it. I think it's the right way to go about it, and and more importantly, he's a good player. So, you you basically gave up an aging player in Rudy Gay, what uh, a future second round pick. Yeah. And, and you've got a boatload who, of picks already. Yeah. And, and for a player who, I mean, th- this guy is a rotational player at the very least. I mean, this is a movable contract to a good team. Okay. Mm-hmm. If so be, but I think John, I think John, this is a, a great place for him to play. Really? Cause you know, where else can they go? But up. Right. Yep. And 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 it looks their future looks bright. They have a really good coach, a stable organization, and I think he goes out there and plays well. I mean, he could play himself into another nice contract uh, moving forward. So I think this is a win win for for the Jazz and for Collins. Yeah, Collins put up thirteen points and six and a half rebounds last season, but obviously his role was much diminished in Atlanta after they obviously drafted Trey Young and traded for Dejounte Murray. Throughout his career in Atlanta, he's been putting up sixteen points and eight rebounds. If he can get himself to a 20 and 10 guy, then, you know, everyone's going to be looking back and saying, why did the Hawks trade him? And I believe that John Collins can be a 20 and 10 guy in the NBA. We've seen him do it numerous times before. But from the Atlanta side, Woj says that they're still going to be wheeling and dealing. They remain in deal-making mode this offseason. And ownership has given general manager Landry Landry Fields the okay to move mm-hmm. into the luxury tax should it be necessary to use that to improve the roster. So... It's interesting what more Atlanta are going to do. First of all, for free agents this summer, it's not great because 
Now the Jazz have 25 million less cap space compared to what they would have had had they not made a steal. But for the Hawks, they receive a $25 million trade exception, the biggest in the NBA. Um, what moves do you anticipate seeing from Atlanta? There's a lot of talks around moving Clint Capella, moving even DeAndre Hunter, which surprised me. Do you see maybe even a DeJounte Murray or even a Trey Young being moved? Well, I, I think they're probably going to identify, you know, a Kyle Kuzma or something, someone like that. I, you know, I could see them trying to get into that, to that sweepstakes with one of these guys. However, you know, I'm not sure what Deontay Murray is going to do. You know, I, I, I really, it doesn't look like it's a good fit, him and Trey Young. Just, In theory, the it was great, but we've yeah. seen a season of it and it wasn't amazing to say the least. But, you know, there was a lot of instability there, you know, in, in fairness, they got a new coaching change and there's a lot of things that, that have moved around there. So we'll see how it plays out. But I would not be surprised if Deontay Murray is on the move here um, as we enter into free agency. Okay, that's interesting. Um, there's a lot more to go and happen with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things uh, happening a lot of rumors swirling. All the rookies have gone and met their new teams and settled in. We saw Wemby in San Antonio. The internet was waiting to pounce on a video of him missing a few jump shots during the warm-up, uh, during a photo shoot. Um, Draymond Green. I don't know if you saw the clip that I put out earlier. It was Cameron talking about Draymond Green and what Jordan Poole reportedly said to him that got him punched in the face. I don't know if that was true. I, th I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but on to the actual basketball. Um, Derek Rose, someone very close to you. There were lots of rumors okay. swirling about him, and it says Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Chicago have all been cited as teams that are expected to have a higher interest in former MVP Derek Rose as the Knicks decline to pick up their $15.6 million option. I'm going to ask you if you can give us any hints, or are you going to hit us with the no comment? Well, I'm not going to hit you with the no comment. Hey, However, my I will guy. say this <laughs> I'm not going to hit my you with guy. that. My guy. I mean, come on, like, you know, this, I, I've been answering questions for 35 years. This is, uh, this is easy. Um, but I will say this, uh, we're going to go through the process. I think Derek uh, wants to go through the process to see what's available. And there were a lot of interest for him at the trade deadline. And, you know, unfortunately, he didn't get an opportunity to play and, you know, to showcase of what he could do and how he can contribute. So, you know, we're going to see, um, you know, he still has a lot left in the tank. Uh, he's still, he wants to play and he wants to play, you know, you know, Meaningful on a basketball. contending team. Yeah. He wants to play. He wants to compete. So we'll, we'll find the right place for him. You know, I, I think in the end, you know, you look at those teams, you're talking about Milwaukee, you know, now they have a coaching change. Uh, you look at Phoenix, you know, now they have a coaching change you know, ownership change. You look at Chicago, you know, Vucevic, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Zach Levine. They have some free agents with, I think, uh, Kobe White, I believe, and those guys. So, you know, they before they would even get to a Derrick Rose and knowing this, you know, there's a lot of things that has to happen before they could even get to that. Yeah, lots um, of moving parts. You, yeah, so I don't think Derrick will be for those teams in particular. Um, you know, you talk about Milwaukee. I mean, they have some pressing issues, right? Big Middleton time. is going to trigger Brooke Lopez, which is which could trigger here in the fall what Giannis is going to do. Okay, yep. so you know, I mean, those things sound good. You know, it's always nice to be wanted. However, 
you have to you have to make a business decision on what's available and what's real from what's you know what's rumors and being reported so what happened at the trade deadline doesn't mean that's necessarily going to happen over the summer and we'll see we'll go through this process and in the end uh Mo, i'll be sure to tell you uh before it hits the news, before it hits the, hit the <laughs> news wire. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Breaking news. I'm going to be her source is close to the situation. <laughs> um, you know, we were talking just a minute ago about the Utah Jazz picking up the uh, deal for John Collins and losing 25 million of cap room. So now only six teams currently project to have over $30 million in cap space. The Rockets, mm -hmm. the Spurs, the Kings, the Magic, and the Pacers, and the Pistons, your Detroit Pistons. Mm -hmm. I've um, seen some rumors floating that the Pistons are going to try and poach Cam Johnson from the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn apparently willing to offer up to four years, $100 million. If I was the Pistons, I'd offer four years, $101 million and just see what happens. But um, what do you think of that fit, if that was a deal that was to transpire? Because I really like it. You know, I think... You can then obviously move Bogdanovich as part of a trade. There's rumors of Bogdanovich being packaged with Bagley because they've got so many bigs um, in a trade package and lots of contending teams would want Bogdanovich. And Cam Johnson brings you that same three-point shooting, that shot creation that you would lose from Bogdanovich. What do you think of that deal? Well, I'm a huge Bogdanovich fan. So I, I'm going to try to separate it because I love players who you can pencil in, you know what you're going to get. I mean, he's a pro's pro. I mean... This kid is a true professional. He's a professional scorer. And I like Cam Johnson. I, I I like what he brings. I can see the connection because of Monty Williams there. You know, and he when they were played, he played for Monty Williams out in Phoenix. Yep. And, and I think he, you know, he he may have been on he was if I believe if I remember correctly, he was on the staff his rookie year. I mean, I think he probably he drafted this kid, right? Um when he was when he, when he was a rookie. So I see the connection. However, with Detroit, I, I just want them to get competitive players. And I think Cam Johnson is a really good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a really, really good player. Uh, Bogdanovich, I think, is a really good player. Um, you know, but when you look at this team, this is a team right now where I want to put, I want to pencil in around their talent. Because I don't know what Jalen Durant's going to bring. I, I, mm. Do I think he's going to be a great player? whether that's this year or next year, could be next year, but I think he's going to be a great player. I don't know what to expect from Cade Cunningham when he comes back. Okay, I don't know. Coming back from an injury, he missed all of last year. I don't know what to expect from, from Jaden Ivey. Do, do I think he's going to be a fantastic player? Absolutely. Osar but Thompson now he's going well. to have to make it. They got the Who's rookie, Osar Thompson yes, coming Osar in. Thompson. So with Bogdanovich, I know what he's getting. Alec Burke, I know what he's bringing, Okay. So when you know what these guys are bringing, you know, you, it, it tends to give you, if, if I'm coaching, you know, um, you know, it kind of gives you a little, uh, it, you know, it, it, I feel good about that. Stability. I don't know what Cam is. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to give you a little stability. I don't know what Cam is going to bring. I think he fits into this timeline. Mm -hmm. You know, what I, what I've learned in this business is when you, when young players get paid, you know, suddenly now there's a new responsibility. Now we're expecting 20 points a night yeah. with a $100 million deal, okay? I don't know if that's his game. I don't know if that's his game. 20 points a night expected to be one of the top 
three players on the team. I don't know if that's his game. Yeah. However, I do think he is a 16 to 22 point score in the right situation. But I don't know if he's the guy that should be leading the situation, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And right now, I think if you ask me who's the best talent on the team, just as an outsider, I think this kid, Dern, is the best talent. I if you potential wise, hundred percent, I'm with you. Yeah, I think this kid is a could he has the potential to be like a ten time All Star, someone like that. So, and then we and then let's not forget about Cade, and let's not forget about Ivy, and let's not forget about Wiseman. So, I think there's a lot of unknowns here, and and this kid and and you as you as I told you before the draft, I like the I like the Thompson twins, and this kid Asura, he could be. I mean, let's not like say let's not put anyone in front of him because this kid is going to compete and he I was, think he's going to be a terrific player. So I, 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 I like what the Pistons are doing. I like if they got cam. Hey, that's a, that's a nice, I'm not saying he can't play. This kid is a nice player. However, as you look at the roster, there's only so many develop development or developmental players that you can develop at, at any given time. So Ivy, K, Asur, Wiseman, you know, Dern. I mean, you know, let's not forget about Beef Stew is sitting there. Yep. Bagley's sitting there. I mean, there's a lot of talent. I mean, this kid Sasser is a good player. They just picked up yep. from Houston. Yep. They moved up to the first round. So, you know, Killian Hayes, I don't know what they're going to do with all these guys. So if they got him, I'm sure they have a plan. However, you know, I like Bodanovich because I know what I'm getting with him. I know, I, and he's a vet. I don't have to worry about that. Well, all of this ties into another thing I was thinking about today because you're talking about young players. You'd mentioned the Thompson twins. You talk, we were talking earlier about teams who have cap space and whatnot. It got me thinking about the Houston Rockets because they're one of the teams who has over 30 million in cap space. And a lot of the rumors this year were all about James Harden returning to Houston. But as we're here now on the eve of you know free agency beginning in a few days, I just don't know how that fits anymore because you've got Eamon Thompson now, you've got Jalen Green, you've also got Ken Port Jr. They've got Shengun, who I think should be a piece that they really build around. I don't know if they have the same vision as me, but I don't know if you've watched him play. He's a real strong I've player. Him play, yeah. they've, got, him play, yeah. they've got a lot of young talent. I don't know if adding James Harden into that mix is the best recipe for long-term success. He'll deliver you more wins now in the regular season, but I don't know if building out that team, James Harden is the best fit. Where would you like to see Harden go? Stay in Philly, well, return I, to the Houston Rockets. Where would you like to see him go? I mean, Doka, you know, listen, it, it, I don't know him well, but I know him enough to say this. I think the guy values defense, okay? Ime Doka <laughs> said, Ime Doka said, let me put up the quote today um, because I actually read something that made me miss Ime Doka. Um, Ime Doka said, that the rookies coming in, he stressed to them both that they need to have a defensive mentality. Cam Whitmore and Eamon Thompson. See that, that again, I don't think James Harden fits Emmy Doka's personality. Mm. I, I, I mean, now, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of jokes that people can make on that sentence, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm just sticking on the court, you know, all yes. the joke in here. I'm just trying to be serious for a little bit, you know. M.A. Doka is going to defend. This kid, Amen, Amen, you know, Thompson, 
I think is a is a perfect match. If if I'm the Houston Rockets and I don't know this, I'm going to get Dylan Brooks. I'm going mm-hmm. to get Dylan Brooks. I'm going to defend the basketball. I'm going to go after Brooke Lopez. That that if that's what I would do. If mm-hmm. if I were them and I said what would I like if I were coaching this team with the mentality of 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 uh, of the Houston Rockets, I would go get Dylan Brooks because I want to defend. Mm-hmm. I I I I'm going to defend first, and then I'm going to go. I'm, then I'm going to get my guy Brooke Lopez. Right, I'm going to get say Brooke is my defensive guy. Singoon is that how you pronounce yep, his name? Singoon. Yep. Singoon. Now he can be my six man, six starter type guy. Interesting. I'm the, I, I, that's what I would do because. You got to be able to rim protect. You have to. I mean, I'm not saying Segun can't do it. It's just that Brooke Lopez is elite at it. Yeah, he's okay? proven. Yes, and I would. That's what I would do. And then he would be my sixth man, who's going to play anywhere from 26 to 32 minutes a night. And that, okay. and 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 I'm going to play. So that's how I would do it. And then now I have a formidable center position where they can both play inside and they both can play outside. Now that to be is ideal. And they're both, you know, nice sized bodies. Dylan Brooks would be my defensive guy. Now I got a men and I'm going to hold everybody accountable. Whoever, because I got enough bodies now. I got enough able bodies to hold people accountable when they don't defend. You have to be able to defend. And Ime Doka, he's a straight shooter when it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, I saw him, you and I saw him sit Jason Tatum down in the NBA final. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't see him having a problem at all with these unproven young guys. Very talented young guys, I might add. But I just think he's going to be straight with them. And there's nothing. Listen, if you are a great player in this league, here's a little secret. You want to be coached. They have a great coach now. M.A. Duncan is a great coach. He's a great young coach. I, I really like his personality. I really like how he just... He demands that you play hard and he gives it. I mean, he, he, he and, and you could see, you could see the way the guys talk about him. Yep. In Boston. Even Tim I mean, said that that's his favorite coach that he's played for while Missouri I mean, was come on. The I team. mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he had the respect of Marcus Smart. I, I mean, so I see the Houston Rockets making a big jump, especially if they can get Dylan Brooks and somebody like Brooke Lopez or somebody like that. So I, do you I, think they I, could be a playoff I, team? You know, listen, do I think they're going to be competitive? Yeah. Do I think that's their goal to be in the playoffs? I, I wouldn't say that right now. I would say that their goal right now is to play meaningful games. Yeah. Okay. When you, you know, you just don't go from the second or third worst record in team to a playoff team, right? That That's, that's just very rare, but do they want to be playing meaningful games? This year, yes. Do they want to be after the fifty game mark saying, "Hey, man, if we could put together a string of games, we could get to the play in." That's a, to me, that's great. And then the following year, I, I like this team. I like their talent. Jalen Green and these guys are very talented. All right, Porter and those guys are very, very talented. However, I don't want to put it too much expectations on this group, but I do think they're going to be competing at a much higher level than they did a year ago. Okay. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm expecting a jump from a lot of teams. There's not a lot of teams 
except for the Wizards, really, that you're looking at and thinking that they're going to be worse than they were last season. So, you know, the blessing of this new CBA and, and teams moving pieces, for example, the Jazz that we just talked about, is the league will have a lot more parity. Or so they say, in theory, that it will be harder and harder to get these super teams together. And even if you do, it's going to be harder and harder to keep them together. So we're going to see a lot more evenness across the board. So I'm excited to see it. There's going to be a lot more happening this week as we have, what, three, four days left until free agency. Uh, BJ, I'll let you go because I know that your phone must be blowing up with all these teams calling uh, yeah, you. Yeah, it's uh, ringing, but I will say this. But I will say this. I want to say this, more. And we love free agency because it's the quickest way to improve your team, right? You go yeah. out and get a good player. However, there's a penalty when you acquire these players in free agency, you have to use up cash space. And now you can look at a team, for instance, like the Phoenix Suns. I think about 75% of their cap space is on four players. Yep. Probably more than 75%. Yeah. Okay. So the difficulty of building a team through free agency, especially under the guidelines of this new collective bargain agreement, it's going if you want to benefit from this new from this new the new rules, but they're not new, just the 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 rules that they've agreed to, the most recent rules, it's clear to me, Mo, how you have to do it. You have to go through the draft if you're going to have any level of sustainability. That's mm-hmm. how it has to work. Now, everyone is trying because we're no one has patience. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to draft a guy then develop the guy, then go through the ups and downs and go win, lose. Kind of like what you're seeing with Denver, right? You know, Denver went through the highs, the lows. You know, Murray got hurt. They lose in the first round. Then they, you know, go back and forth. They lose last year. Everyone's like, ah, we don't know if they're going to come. And then, okay, now all of a sudden now, what is this, six, seven years later, they won mm-hmm. an NBA championship. That's too tough. That's too difficult to do. But now they are in a position, Mo, to really put together a string. Why? Because they're two best players. They both drafted. Mm-hmm. And they could sign those players back at whatever number they desire. Yep. Because you you follow me. Yeah. And then now you can go and add a Jeff Green and a Bruce Brown and a Caldwell Pope. And, you know, then you get a player, you know, they drafted Michael Porter Jr., so you could see, Mo, the benefit of drafting players. However, no one wants to do that because the easiest way to do it is just to go through free agency. Yeah. And it's and as you can see now, with not only the first apron, the second apron, you get penalized. It's almost impossible to do it. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's nearly impossible to do it because it puts that much more of a burden on those top guys to carry the load through the 82 games and the postseason. And as you and I both like to say, you know, you need talent, but you need depth. And you're going to have to have a deep team. So, you know what, guys? Let's just get to the draft. I've got one more thing I've been thinking about today. Damian Lillard, who we talked about on the show earlier in the week or last week or whatever it is, time doesn't exist for me in the offseason. Damian Lillard, I'm like, Mm-hmm. I understand what you met, you said on the podcast about their work with him to find him a new home if he decides he wants out. Right. 
But then I was looking at the Raptors and they were saying that they're keeping OG and keeping Siakam and they want to run it back with this group and they might even keep Fred Van Fleet or whatever. And I was thinking, if you're the Raptors and you really want to keep that group together, I would offer Scotty Barnes in exchange for Damian Lillard because Dame fits the timeline of those other guys. They're a very defense-oriented group and he can bring that offensive punch. And for the Portland Trailblazers, you're getting a former rookie of the year just from two seasons ago that you can move on with alongside Shadon Sharp and Anthony Simons and all these other guys that you've got. So, and, and Scoot Henderson, of course. So that's what I was thinking about. And then I was thinking about, but if he says he wants to go to Miami, they'll do the Miami trade for what Tyler Harrow and some picks or whatever, whatever. But if you really are loyal to Portland and you love Portland so much, would you not do the trade that gets Portland the best return? rather than just getting you to wherever you want to go. That's just something I was thinking about earlier today. Well, here's, Amal, you brought up a very interesting point. In the end, when you're trying to do a trade, you're trying to create a win-win. And clearly, if Dame says he wants out, Portland Trailblazers have a fiduciary responsibility to do the best deal for themselves. Mm -hmm. However, that might not be the best deal for Dame. Okay. So I, I think this is a very delicate situation. So you said, okay, we can do Scotty Barnes. Well, Scotty Barnes is still on his rookie contract. Damian Lillard is a max guy. I think he's going to be making $60 million in his last year. So you got to match these salaries up. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted Scotty Barnes as the principal player in the deal, that means you have, have to include Scotty Barnes, a, a sign and trade Siakam, with Fred Van Fleet or something. Fleet, Siakam, Scotty Barnes and something to make it work. So then Damian Lillard is in the same position he is right now, which is with young players. Yeah. And, and, unless you and did some sort of three team try trade where you give Scotty Barnes to Portland and Fred Van Fleet signs and trades to a third team who. But you're going to have to match up. The no matter whatever you yeah. do, you're going to have to match up the salary. Okay. Yeah. But it was Damian just Lillard an example in my head of, the best deal for Portland versus Dave wanting to be in well, Miami. Because I don't listen. think Miami have the best. I, I think even Brooklyn, I said it on this show before. I think even Brooklyn have better options for a trade package than Miami do. But okay, but here's what you're seeing. Okay, Mo, you, you, you're just a year ago, we all said that Miami gave up too much. Not Miami, Minnesota gave up too much to get. Rudy Gobert, which they did. Then we're looking. Then we're now we're looking at John Collins and a, a All Star caliber player like Bradley Beal, and you're oh. saying, and you're saying, wow, they didn't, they didn't, they hardly got anything for him. Mm -hmm. Okay, Portland and Damian Lillard are going to have to come to the conclusion: what are they both looking for in the trade? Because if you trade Damian Lillard, I don't care who you trade him, you got to get something back that's going to match that salary. Or are you going to make the decision just like you saw Atlanta do? It's say, we don't want anything back. Like you saw the Washington Wizards. We don't want anything back. We want to get ourselves in position so that we can take advantage of the new agreement when it kicks in the following season. Mm -hmm. Now, these are decisions that's going to have to be made internally. But what we do know is if you're going to trade for Damian Lillard, you're going to have to, they're going to have to take something back that's going to match his salary. 
And that's a big salary. Yeah. Right? That, that, that may be multiple salaries because you're going to have to get multiple players back. Meaning they're probably going to have to get rid of at least two or three players to take back the four or five players that they're going to have to get back in the trade just to make the, the salaries work. So, you know, it, it, this is going to be a tough call. In the end, they may just say, you know what? We don't want anything back. We just want to, you know, move them to Philly. Just give us some second round picks and whatever, a play, whoever, whoever that player is, Tobias Harris, for instance. I'm just making it up. Mm-hmm. And say, this is all we want back. And then Tobias Harris, and then we'll go from there. I don't know what they're going to do, but whatever it is, they're going to have to figure out the direction because it's going to affect them for the next five to 10 years. You just don't replace a player like Damian Lillard yeah. and just move on, okay? I mean, they got a really nice player in Scoot Henderson. However, you know, you're going to miss Damian Lillard and that salary on the court and off the court. So they got to figure out what direction they're going in. And again, you can see what teams I have. Are, you could see what teams are already starting to do. Mm-hmm. And, and most, some of the teams have already made the decision. We're going to take advantage of the new rules as is and then start building from there well we got a lot to talk about um in the coming days so make sure you subscribe to the show youtube spotify apple wherever you get your podcast from bj and i will be back with more so bj good luck with all the wheeling and dealing that's about to go down and we'll catch up Staking tomorrow and brother baking, I appreciate wheeling you. and dealing moving and grooving yeah hey, there we go there we go i appreciate you my man appreciate everyone who tunes in stay locked in with us and we'll be back for more make sure that you get buckets